Uh, good morning, everyone. And of course, happy Father's Day to you, if you are a, uh, a father. And heck, even if you're not a father, you can have a happy Father's Day, can't you? Yeah, happy Father's Day. A little bit of a panic week. I got up this morning, Brenda worked a night shift last night. So you're here, right, Greg? Where are you? I thought I saw you. We're sitting in the back. So freshly off work at the night shift and here this morning. This morning I had no help. My consultant was otherwise employed when I went to my closet, which is always a risk, but it was intensified by a conversation Jeff and Ben and I had this last week over lunch, where Ben informed, I say Jeff and me, but I think mostly Ben was informing me. You know, Ben's the youngest of us. That it was no longer cool to wear pants with pleats and cuffs. <laughs> I'm screwed. The, <laughs> I went to the closet this morning and I'm thinking, okay, man, I remember what he said. And I'm flicking through the pants, pleats, cuffs, pleats, cuffs, pleats, cuffs. So I want you to know I'm compromised this morning while I'm preaching because there was nothing but pleats and cuffs and Tommy Bahama shirts. But... What do you want? I'm 62, you know what? I'm, I'm rocking that stuff, pleats and cluffs. I think Ben meant to say, but he didn't say, really pleats, especially for you, Greg, because pleats were designed for people who could look straight down and still see that their shoes matched. And you were no longer that guy, you know? So, but I'm gonna wear those pleats anyway, full them out. Oh, Open them all up, all those people. We've been talking about thriving in life in the sweet spot, which is derived, we've learned this morning, in part by not wearing pleats and cuffs. But when we're talking about life in the sweet spot and all the different applications of that, I thrive when this is true. I thrive when I'm focusing on this. I'm, I thrive when I'm experiencing this. We're talking a little bit about a little more, though, actually a lot more than occasional sweet spot experiences. It's easy to feel like life is clicking during bonus season, isn't it? I mean, when life is doling out those bonus checks, it's easy to feel like everything's going, well, I've hit the bullseye, here comes my bonus check. We go out, we have dinner, and we go have a party. You know, life has its versions, its seasons of those bonus checks. There's a bonus season in life. But when we talk about living life in the sweet spot, we're not talking about an occasional dipping into life's richness. We're talking about a tradition of experiencing life's richness, a tradition of hitting the bullseye, a tradition of life in the sweet spot. We're talking about thriving, and thriving isn't Thriving, unless it's thriving over the long haul. Thriving that isn't thriving over the long haul, when you think about it, isn't really thriving at all, is it? It's just surviving with occasional high points. Surviving with these annual or seasonal bonus checks that are designed to keep us plodding through the monotony and the boredom and the misery until the next fancy thrill ride comes along in life. That's not thriving. That's just occasionally dipping your toe into the water and finding it to be warm and invigorating, but it's going to be cold by evening. And, and when you think about it, Jesus didn't say that he came 
to give us a, a, a life that we might experience occasionally, sporadically. He said he came that we might have life and might have it abundantly. I mean, constantly full to overflowing cup. He came that we might experience life in the sweet spot, not as a season, but as a career. Not compiling a history of significant living, but a legacy of it. That's a key word, legacy. Life in the sweet spot. Note that. A legacy of it. Note that. Everybody longs for it. Now, there's a long list of habits and practices. When you look at people who seem to have experienced not just an occasionally high season in life, but you look at their lives and there's a legacy that they've lived out. For some of us, it's our dads. For some of us, it's anybody but our dads. But when you look at this legacy, this idea of living something that can then be handed down and you're sort of going to be known for that. And when it's really legacy, your family name, your household is going to be known for that. Your faith is known for that. After you die, when the people in the youth group that saw you living out your life in your church think of you, they're going to think of that. Your, your name will be mentioned up there with the Wades of our church. And there are many more than the one we mentioned. There are some habits that have been practiced that go along with that legacy of thriving. We're going to look at just a couple of them today. Someone who wants to experience that way of life needs to make sure that those habits are being practiced. And again, it's an exhaustive list. This is not an exhaustive list that I'll give you today. There's, there's an exhaustive list of things that we see in people who have a legacy of life in the sweet spot. There's a richness that's true riches that's lived by them. And we think of that when we think of them. They've developed some habits. And I want to call out some of those habits by way of reminder for us. These are habits connected to not just an occasional experience of life in the sweet spot, but a legacy of life in the sweet spot. You're not going to hear anything new today. This is a reminder to hammer these things home, to seek them because they are not currently sought in popular, popular culture. As we become post-Christian, there's been a greater distance between what Christianity teaches and with culture, what culture values. And these things are not in popular culture sought that much anymore or even valued that much anymore, but they must never be lost to the person who longs to have a sweet spot life and even more than that, the legacy of a sweet spot life. Just a couple of recommendations that remembers these habits. And here's the first one. Sweet spot legacy habit number one. Make your promises your trump cards. Simply stated, man, keep your word. When you make a promise, keep it. Opportunities come after you make a promise. And you think, darn, she's cuter than the girl I already asked to prom. But your promise is a card you pull out of your pocket and say, this promise is my trump card. It trumps everything else that comes along. 
Did you know that that's a Christian value that's taught from the front to the back of scripture? And that's an honor value. That's a life legacy of living in the sweet spot value. That's a habit of people who have a legacy of life living lived in the sweet spot. I was talking to uh, one of the businessmen in one of the churches that I pastored through my life. And I, uh, he was somebody that was, I mean, incredibly wealthy beyond what I could even imagine spending. Really successful in his, not only in his company, but his, in, his industry. And he shared with me, Pastor, I, 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 dis, I'm, I dislike going to work every day. I dislike it. And I remember saying, you could retire a year ago and live pretty comfortably. Why do, you, why do you keep going? Why do you put up with this every day, the misery of dealing with unethical people? And you're an ethical person, a Christian person, and your heart is tormented by the context in which you have to live. Why do you keep doing it? Just retire. And he said, there's only one reason. Because I have a team of people who are depending upon me and I promised them at my last promotion that I would not abandon them and leave them to the fangs of the people that oversee me now. I want to protect them. I promised them, and they have families, and they trusted me, and I need to stay. His promise was his trump card. Now, that's a legacy it would be, we would all do well to live into. Make sure that your promises are your trump cards. Excuse me, I'm, a, I'm about to cough, guys, here. <clears throat> you know, there's a connection between thriving tomorrow and keeping your word today. I'll say that again. There is a, listen to me, guys, there's a lesson, there's a connection between thriving tomorrow and keeping your word today. Your promises trump everything else. All things being equal and normal, once my word has been given, and let me tell you, the preacher is a hypocrite today because I have been far from perfect in doing this, but it's something to which I aspire. All things being equal and normal, once my word has been given, my agenda has been set. All things being equal and normal. There are certainly are exceptions where there's not an option. It, it, there has to be a change made, but that's rare. When I give my word, I set my agenda. And people who thrive over the long haul and leave a legacy of thriving understand this. It's a habit they practice. Look at Psalm 15, for instance. L listen to this. This is just one of many examples where the followers of God are encouraged to live like this. Psalm 15. You want to follow along in your Bible, there's one on the seat underneath the chair in front of you or the one you brought, or we'll put it up on the board too. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live on your holy mountain? In other words, who's going to live a life that thrives? Who's going to live life in the sweet spot? Who's going to have your hand of blessing upon them? And here's the answer. Those who walk, whose walk is blameless, who do what is right, who speak the truth from their hearts, who have no slander on their tongues, who do their neighbors no wrong, who cast no slur on others, who despise those whose ways are vile, but honor whoever fears the Lord, who keep their oaths even when it hurts. That's the pivotal verse for me. 
who keep their promises even when it's very expensive for them to keep their word, who lend money to the poor without interest and who do not accept bribes against the innocent, people who are not bought. Whoever does these things will never be shaken, will live life in the sweet spot and could potentially even leave a legacy of life in a sweet spot, thriving over the long haul. So agreement should be kept. Contracts should be honored. God blesses those who keep their promises even when it costs them to keep their promises. And he gives us the opportunity to learn when it costs us to keep our promises too because scripture also says plenty about, hey, uh, be slow to make a promise. Think about it before you make a promise because you're going to have to keep that promise. I love what Stephen Covey says. Honesty is making your words conform to reality. My words represent what the reality is. That's honesty. But integrity is making your reality conform to your words. The words you speak then become the house you live in, the house in which you live. Make your promises your trump cards. That's one of the sweet spot legacy habits. People who have a legacy of life in the sweet spot are people who have learned that there's very little that's of greater value than personal integrity. Money can't compare with it. Gold can't compare with it. Prestige can't compare with it. There's nothing you have in your pocket that's worth more or very little that's worth more than your word, your integrity. Integrity builds legacies. Make your promises your trump cards. Sweet spot legacy habit number one. Sweet spot legacy habit number two. And this, I'll just, we're just going to deal with these two of the many today. So first, make your promises your trump cards. Second, it's one of my favorite sayings, never eat dessert first. Now we had a little kid that lived next to us, grew up next to us we, he, we, in Colorado, right next door. And after a while, that this family started coming to our church, became very close friends. And this little guy, we, we, we were there when his mother brought him home from the hospital, uh, Heath. Heath was his name. And uh, Heath's parents were sort of, I mean, they were just cool and tough. Dad was a chemist and, uh, and sort of a cowboy and a hunter. You know what I'm talking about. And so an intelligent uh, cowboy type. I don't mean to imply that's rare. He just happened to be one of them. Boots with a brain. I mean, come on. And so Heath, he'd always be out in the front yard wearing his sidearms and his cowboy hat and his little string tie and kicking around. And I used to love to torment him. We were buddies. And, uh, and we were really close to his family. And I taught Keith this. Keith, Heath, Heath, not Keith, Heath with an H. Heath, you know, something your parents haven't told you yet. Heath, you a cowboy? Yes. Well, you know, cowboys always eat dessert first. And tonight at dinner, when you sit down, you take your fork in this hand, your knife in this hand, and you sort of land your hands on the sides of your plates. And you say, Mom, Dad, Pastor Art says cowboys eat dessert first, 
and I would like to have my dessert first, which made for wonderful neighborhood relationships. In the <laughs> but here I'm telling you, never eat dessert first. That was kidding, but it was terrible advice. And I knew it, and eventually he learned it, and his parents were careful to remind me of it. <laughs> in other words, this is really the, what we're saying. Always, and I got, this is an original with me, I got this, even this wording from a friend of mine who's a really great thinker. Always value tomorrow above today. Value tomorrow over today. Sweet spot legacy habit number two, never eat dessert first. You go ahead and eat your peas now and watch everybody else enjoy their dessert because there's going to come a day then when you're going to eat dessert and all they've got is vegetables. Not a great analogy if, like me, you like vegetables. But you know what I'm saying? Value tomorrow over today. Invest today in what you're going to fall into tomorrow. Now that's all over Scripture. If not clearly stated, certainly powerfully employed. implied. For instance, Matthew 6, 19. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Store up for yourselves something for tomorrow that you might not necessarily taste much of today. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven for tomorrow where things don't rust and people don't steal from you. Tomorrow. Frankly, we do get to experience a little bit of that reward today. John 3.16 even, that famous verse, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, that's all future, something God did at a point in time with this great big gap that's understood. It's not going to happen right away, but he invested that so that people like us could choose to receive Jesus Christ and say, I'm in, I need you, I want to worship you, I, I've sinned and I need your forgiveness, I want to hide myself in the cross, I just want when God looks at me to see Jesus, not art, oh my word, not art. I want to become a Christian. He did that for the future. That's all over Scripture. Proverbs 13 is a challenge to leave an inheritance for your children. Value tomorrow over today. Psalm 78, this challenge to make sure that the generations that follow you and the generations that follow them know the goodness that you've experienced from God in your life. This forward-thinking, valuing tomorrow actions. So when we value tomorrow over today, that makes a difference in the way we act and live today, right? It's true in finances, that's taught all the time. You go without some things now with the way you spend your money so that you won't have to go without very much tomorrow. So that you can give like crazy even after you retire. You can invest in all kinds of people and things you love because you've gone without today. It's true in the way we raise children. Parents, listen. Now, I'm not done. I'm a father till the day I die. And I'm raising my children till the day I die. They're all in their 30s now. They have forgotten it. I haven't. Brenda hasn't forgotten it. We're still their parents and we're still investing in them, and we're still raising them. We've got to be careful about how we do that when they're adults. Don't want to actually set them backward. But we can't quit caring. It's true in the way you value tomorrow over today. Parents, 
Do you understand right? Especially young parents. You get this, right? I hope you've learned this or do soon. The key to being respected by your kids tomorrow is the willingness to be considered a jerk by them today. You get that? You better get that. My, my cousin Frank in New York, he's a Frank that talk like this. That's regular the way he talks, so forget about it. He's not faking it. I'm, I'm here to tell you it's about Jesus. God, God has five syllables with Frank. I mean, <laughs> he's in the store in New York, and he sees this child acting out, and acting out again, and acting out again, and acting out again, and it's almost as though the mother is the child, and the child is the parent. Johnny, come here. No, no offense, not aiming at you. No, I don't want to. One, two, Johnny, come over here. I don't want to. My cousin Frank, and he actually hits his mother with a toy or something. My cousin Frank goes over to him and he says, because he's not shy, excuse me, ma'am, let me tell you something I hope you never forget. Doesn't know her from Adam. Here it is. You can either hurt him now or he's going to hurt you later. Get it figured out. Never value today over tomorrow. Value tomorrow over today. We know that's true with the finances and the way we raise children. I mean, parents, you will probably thrive only to the degree that your children are thriving. I feel that now. Have you ever noticed that very few parents who have kids that are living a nightmare of some kind feel like they're really living the good life, life in the sweet spot? No, your hearts are heavy forever when your children aren't doing well. I don't mean to imply that that's always the result of bad parenting. It isn't. Sometimes the best kids and the worst kids, worst off kids come from the same household. Just a point to say that valuing tomorrow over today is part of building that sweet spot legacy. Finances, children, even in the way we do ministry, certainly in the way we do ministry. Here's a good rule. I try to live by it. All three of us pastors and our staff all try to live by it. Never borrow from tomorrow's ministry health to, today, to pay for today's ministry convenience. In your personal life and ministry, never borrow from tomorrow's ministry health to pay for today's ministry convenience. We need always be asking the question of how ministry decisions and investments we make today will affect those who have to live with them tomorrow. The way the church allows herself to be perceived in Marin County today. You understand the Christians that are going to follow us and try to do ministry in Marin County are going to, be ha- going to have to be doing that ministry in the context of whatever perceptions we've allowed or built or earned for ourselves that are not helpful. Always thinking of that. Valuing tomorrow over today. I mean, we were recently at a, uh, a retreat. Our church. It was, it's an all-church retreat, but we know it's not a big enough place for the whole church to be able to go, but that's our longing, our, our hope someday. We're thinking about how beautiful the campground Mission Springs is that our conference owns. It's fun. They're, they're, they've built, they owned it from when, Jeff? Do you remember when we purchased that thing? A hundred years. A hundred years. We worshiped in a sanctuary that was built by people and paid for by people 
who did not know us and would never know us and whom we'll never know. Why? Because that generation of Christians says, we're thinking about our children and our children's children and their friends we value tomorrow over today. So instead of me driving a nice new, different car today, instead of driving a Lincoln, I'm going to drive a Chevy and we're going to invest in tomorrow. We didn't pay for a dime of it. Never eat dessert first. Life feels better when you know you've lived it in a way, and it feels like you're thriving when you know you've lived it in a way that contributes to the foundation upon which those who come after you can build. I have a a group of senior citizen friends that are dear to me that Brenda and I open our lives to for challenge and correction and encouragement. And I love saying to them that I enjoy watching you enjoy the results of your sacrifice. People in our church, I enjoy watching those folks enjoy the results of their sacrifice. People, even in our own church, who are still alive and we still bump shoulders with them, that valued tomorrow over today. When dessert was available to them, they said, no, we won't eat dessert now, we'll have it later. And oh my, are they ever having it now. This is sweet. You want to build not just occasional experiences of life in the sweet spot for yourself, but a legacy of it? Those who look to you long for that rich gift from the Holy Spirit? Got to do a lot of things. Practice many, many of the habits. But two of them are these. Make your promises your trump card. Keep your word. That's Christian. Never eat dessert first. Value tomorrow above today. So, let's review. The true thriving is about all the things you've been hearing about throughout this series. But it's also true thriving is about experiencing life in the sweet spot over the long haul. And that legacy is built through habits that have to do primarily with character. Habits like the sacrifice of keeping your word even when it's inconvenient or costly. Or for that matter, matter making a godly and, and noble decision, no matter how much it costs. Because when we choose not to make that decision, that's the highest cost. That's a much higher cost. And there's no honor in it. There's no joy in it. There's no sitting back when you're old and putting your arm around your spouse and saying, man, remember when we almost quit, but we persevered and look what happened. And there's this deep enjoyment that maybe only the two of you get to appreciate and experience. And keeping tomorrow in mind with every decision we make today, we owe a loyalty to those who are not here yet to speak for themselves. That means all kinds of things about the way we make decisions as a church and as Christians, as parents, as friends. Wait, if we do that now, it's easier for today. But man, we dump something not so much fun on tomorrow. That's not the legacy we want. We want others to experience the kinds of things we today here at Marin Covenant 
are experiencing, saying, man, those people, their sacrifice, how fantastic that was, and now look what we get to do because of what they did. Now we're going to jump on their shoulders because they built something great. There's this legacy they left, and we have a debt to that legacy. We owe that legacy, and we're going to build our own legacy. And those who follow us are going to say, oh, man, those people that went before us, look what they gave us. Now we can serve Christ more freely, more fully, more boldly, more effectively. Always make decisions with tomorrow in mind. Never eat dessert first. You know, there are people who think living life in a sweet spot looks like this or this. Or this. I have a hard time disagreeing with those people. (laughs) But that's not what we've been talking about when we've been talking about life in the sweet spot. Thriving. We've been talking about living a legacy of life. A life the effects of which will last well beyond us. We're talking about things like this. And this. And this. Not just a bonus check, folks. A legacy. That's reserved only for the great ones. Long for it. Go for it. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, would you fall upon your church? Fall upon the individuals that are feeling things in their hearts right now? I want that. That's so difficult. I want that. Would you whisper to them right now, if you really want it, you can have it because I'm here. I will fill you. I will teach you. I will guide you. I will empower you. I will transform you. Just keep coming after me. Speak to us, Lord, that way. And then do what you always do. Fulfill your promise. I have a question for the week. We've been trying to give you a question for the week. This is something to think about during the week. Here's the question. It's a twofold question. It's the obvious question. What does thriving look like to you today? Be honest with yourself. In other words, what kind of goals have you set? What are you going after? What are you disappointed when you don't experience? Those are some keys to helping you answer that question honestly. And what do you long for thriving or life in the sweet spot to look like for you? And what are you going to do about the difference between the two? I want to invite you to think about that this week with your partner, the Holy Spirit. Pray about what you discover.